out there, all you lighthearted love bugs. Welcome to another week of A Little Greener, a podcast all about nature, conservation, and sustainability. I am one of your hosts. My name is Sarah, and I am joined today, as always, by the best co-host in the business, Casey. Casey, you're coming to us from a new location this week. Uh, yeah, on location here at <laughs> Casa de, I don't know, Andrew and Casey. So You, is- you have to name it. Yeah, we, we called it the Casa Cashrew because that's okay. our like couple yeah. name that our friends gave us a long time ago. Um, but yeah, maybe it needs a, I don't know. I just want to sing the song from Encanto. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Casita. Yeah. So yes, we are moved in. Hooray. So finally, that like long protracted when you're like, what's going on, Casey? And I was like, <laughs> all these life <laughs> events. One of them has finally like happened and so now it's just now you'll have the other half of the stress of that (laughs) yes the second half of home ownership but I made Andrew um upgrade our internet quality from what my dad had so that we could have a better connection so hopefully I'm coming to you loud and clear it's perfect so far excellent (laughs) how are you this week I'm doing well I had family in town uh, last week over my last weekend. So that was really fun. I got to see a couple of my aunts and my grandpa who live way up north. So I'm very grateful for them for making the long trek down here and getting to hang out for a few days. So that's, it's, you know, it's wonderful. We had a great time. And then I do, I'm really bad about not uh, appreciating the good things well enough and then just getting sad when they're done. So it was sad to, to have them go back up North and to be far away from family again, but it was lovely to see them. Yeah. It's always nice when you're living a little farther away from home. That's why I moved closer to home, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, but I'm glad you got some family time in this week. And he picked the hottest gosh darn season to come down there. How was he the did, weather? It was not bad. We had been having like upper nineties days. Yeah. And for the days that they were here, it dropped back down to highs of like right around 90. So okay. it could have been worse. What we are in right now, which actually didn't impact us um, too much for their visit uh, really at all, but we are in the downpour the daily downpour season here in Florida where like right around four o'clock three four o'clock in the afternoon it just decides to rain like all get out for usually it's short but sometimes like the other last week we had like a really prolonged strong rain I really like it as I like it have to be out in it sure yeah I from the few times I've visited Florida I really like that that happens Mm -hmm. I also had that experience I don't know if it's like a specific time of year in Colorado but when we go visit my grandma out there they would occasionally have that like brief afternoon rainstorm and it's like this is refreshing (laughs) and timely so a little jealous we did have some rain today finally but we are really in desperate need of it up here but we Mm -hmm. haven't been having that horrible heat wave that basically the whole country's been having sarah did you do your homework so i sure didn't uh partially because of all you know all of the things that were going on partially because i did a lot of reading about solar energy to prepare for the episode. Although there were things, there were definitely several things that I wanted to go back and look further into. So I do still hope to. I actually was going to do it tonight before we got on the podcast. I didn't even get a chance to tell you this yet, Casey, but I managed to slice my thumb open uh, in the time before we were set to record and I broke a dish. I broke a dish oh, no. and sliced my thumb. So I had to fix myself and the dish. And so I ran out of time to go back and read more about solar energy. You didn't need stitches, did you? <laughs> no, no. I and literally like better. just, I, yeah, your eye does look better. Yeah. So excellent. So no, I, I literally just, this just happened in the hour before podcasting, but I lost my research time your research window I mean I was typing on this outline up until the very minute that I joined this video call so I didn't do a lot of additional research but I had mentioned that my friend was getting solar panels put Hmm. on her roof and she finally got them installed this week so I'm really so cool yeah I'm really excited to hear about her experience with it they're gonna do the thing where they sell it back to the grid Mm -hmm. and so I am really excited to to hear about like 
all of the the interesting little minutia of what it's like to have solar panels. Yeah. But it took them like a day and a half to get them installed because there was a rain shower one afternoon, but they look so cool. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to hear more about that. That's awesome. And that's, yeah, that's probably the next thing that I need to do too, is go back to my utility company and see about their little programs to sort of community solar-esque programs. So perhaps by next week. Well, this week I decided to tell you what I told you is to me a little bit of a cop-out, but it's all about the personal. Yes. And uh, I've mentioned many times that I am in the process of planning Andrew and I's wedding. <laughs> and so we're going to talk today about how to plan a more sustainable wedding. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. I, I can't wait. I'm not planning a wedding, but I just think it is fun to think about these types of things. You know, this is not a daily occurrence, but for a lot of people, this is going to be a really big day in their life. And if sustainability is something that they're interested in thinking about, you know, this will be a really hopefully helpful discussion. <laughs> yes. And I want to say that there's some crossover of like, if you're attending a wedding, if you're in mm -hmm. somebody's wedding, if you're throwing your own wedding, or even if you're throwing a big event, because, you know, chances are this is going to come across your plate at some point. So if you're like, I'm not getting married tomorrow, uh, I encourage you to listen in because you're going to find some hopefully useful information. Sarah, I know I asked you preliminarily, you've been in people's weddings, you've attended people's weddings. Whose was the last wedding you attended? Where was it? How big it was it? Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? I think it's it's been a few years now since I've been to a wedding, so I'm excited to go to yours later this year. The first one that popped in my head was my cousin got married not too long after I moved back up to Indiana, but I'm pretty sure this was after that. Actually, one of my friends down here in Florida got married, so I went to a wedding in St. Augustine, Florida, I think was the last one that I went to. So, and she, it was actually in, I believe like a a wedding specific venue, but St. Augustine, if you've never been, it's a beautiful city in Florida and it's right on the coast. It's on the East coast of Florida and it's like an old, so there's like, you know, buildings are close together, like some cobblestone roads and stuff like that. So it's really cool looking. Um, but it was a, a wedding specific venue where you could kind of look out over the water, but it had like a separate room. So she had a ceremony in like a chapel type room and then the reception in a separate room in the same facility. I don't know how big it was. I'm really bad <laughs> about stuff like that. Average. Average. I feel like the weddings that I've been to in the last couple of years have been like a hundred to 150. That would have been my guess if, if I had to like throw out a number, that's the number that I was going to go with. So we'll say somewhere in there. Okay. Well, I might ask you about some of that wedding experience or some other wedding experiences coming mm -hmm. up through this episode. And, um, really, this is one of those things that I'm taking from my own experience, but also crowdsourcing from other places as well. And, of course, any listeners out there, if you've done anything to make your wedding a little greener, uh, we hope that you'll let us know and we hope that you'll listen. We'll be right back with the main part of your episode. All right, we are back and we are going to talk about all things weddings. Yay. Uh, yay. If I do love weddings. Good. Okay. I'm glad. I, I know some people like get stressed out by them or. I mean, I've never had to plan one, so it's easy to love them when you sure. just get to go and have a party. I like people's, I really do. And I mean, when we lived in Indiana, a lot of our friends were of that demographic that were just like all getting married to each other. And so we went to a lot of weddings in a very like limited amount of time. So I felt like I had a pretty good sample, um, especially of like like-minded-ish people <laughs> for me, but it's always fun to see like how people personalize things and, and all of that. So the kind of the first thing from planning a wedding is that every wedding is very unique or at least can be. You could have a wedding of like just eloping or you could go all out 300, 400 people, any location. Like there's not really limits to, mm -hmm. to what you do, except for the ones that are generally imposed to you. 
by your budget. That's my <laughs> experience. Um, so looking into this topic, I found basically two basic principles. And that is one that if you have more money, you will have more options on some of these things. And we're going to try and be very conscious of like different things that you can do no matter what your budget is, but that's just something to know. And that is unfair in how the world works, but it is, it is true. Um, and number two, smaller is better. We've talked about this before, like consuming less is always Mm -hmm. the greener option, almost like you know, rather than looking at brand consuming more thoughtfully and less, but we've also covered on this podcast that we are not anti-joy. So (laughs) we are not trying to be fun suckers. If you want a giant wedding, like I'm my wedding's not five people. My wedding is like a, a decent sized wedding. So that's just something to keep in mind. That's always going to be kind of haunting in the background is if you choose to go smaller, you will have less things to worry about, but it's, just, you know, your wedding is so personal to you. You get to hopefully do it one time. That's, that's the goal with the wedding. (laughs) And, um, and you know, you, you're, you're going to have lots of options out there. So breaking it down a little bit, the first step generally when you're planning your wedding, even sometimes before the date is trying to figure out where it's at, because that determines what your date is. Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't write it down. Do you have like a crazy wedding location that you've been to before or have they all been pretty like basic, like, you know, a, a hotel or a, a church, et cetera? Yeah, I, I don't have a crazy one. I'm trying to think back. We all know my terrible memory, but no, I think most of mine have been fairly quote unquote standard in terms of either being in a church or in a, like I just mentioned the actual like specific location designed for weddings. My cousin did, had an outdoor wedding. I loved that. That was just, it was kind of like an open lawn area. And I don't even remember it. I, it, was, it was some sort of like garden place. So she had, it had the ceremony location and then we walked around and there were all these like beautiful gardens around the reception area, but no, nothing to no, I haven't had any like destination weddings or anything like that. Yeah. I haven't been to any destination weddings. Um, I would say that like the, the median wedding that I've been to has utilized the very popular, like rustic barnish scene. Um, but I've been to like country club or like you know, someone's backyard situations before. So I want to, well, I mean, if if I were going to get married dream, like I've seen the glass chapel in the forest, something like that, man. Or I I know somebody that got married, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's why I wouldn't ever really do it. But I also know somebody that got married up in the Smokies and the mountains. So yeah, Andrew really wanted to get like physically married outside my worry is always rain. Mm -hmm. It's always weather. Um, especially when you're the one wearing a fancy dress and Mm -hmm. like paying for hair and makeup, it would be very much my vibe to get married outside. Our reception is outside and tented, but I couldn't fully commit to, um, the, the forest location. Cause I needed a backup. (laughs) Um, outdoor venues are actually, so looking into this, I found a wedding guide through this might make you laugh, might make you blush a little bit. Um, endangered species condoms.com, um, which is run through the center for biological diversity. That's their initiative is endangered species condoms. And I'm pretty sure I've seen these before, All right? but they have a green wedding guy. <laughs> so they, they list a couple of things. Some of the statistics here is from that. There's a lot of different lists. They're generally vaguely the same, but I also tried to add a little bit of my own flair from my discovery too. Um, outdoor locations, you don't have to worry as much about lighting. You don't have to worry as much about cooling and heating. So there's sometimes like an inherently greener sense to the actual wedding ceremony itself by having it outdoors. Right. Like you're getting your nature time in. Well, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, there's a bird. (laughs) Stop the ceremony. (laughs) Someone identify that. Um, I do somebody that got married at a zoo, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. I guess in terms of location, maybe that's the most unique. That's probably, I've also been to a wedding where someone got married at a zoo and I was about to tell the story because there was, I think a tree frog <laughs> on the tree while the ceremony was happening. Um, our friend Hannah, hi Hannah and Jake, they had to reschedule their wedding because of COVID and they ended up doing it at the place where they met, which is a, a little reptile zoo. So that was very sweet. That's actually also a green option though, because zoos and, you know, do your research. You have to look into it. Yeah. Um, the zoos, parks, museums, they tend to be more nonprofit entities that if you're 
paying to use their facilities, you're helping support their mission. Right. So that can be something that can actually help outside of the ceremony itself end up feeding in and supporting the right causes rather than maybe some corporation that you don't know as much about where that money's going. If you do your ceremony and reception at the same place, it saves carbon emissions because less people are driving hmm. between the two. Oh, this is another, I guess, disclaimer. I'm not doing all of these things for my wedding again. Like <laughs> there are certain things to hit, but yeah, something to think about. And that, yeah, I think that's a good thing to point out. You don't have to do every single one of these. These are just some options to think about. And that's honestly, that seems pretty straightforward, but that's not a thing that had crossed my mind, but that's a good point. Yeah. Our podcast is called A Little Greener. It's not called The Greenest Ever. <laughs> so I guess we're on brand. <laughs> little steps. <laughs> Um, and if you use a shuttle between those two as well, you can replace up to like 15 cars because people can carpool alternatively, which is what we're going to do is we're going to encourage people to carpool between different locations. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have people staying at like a singular hotel because that is a giant pain in the butt. So some people are staying at Airbnbs, et cetera. So we're hoping that people will carpool with people who are close to them. And, uh, we're going to have willing to pay for Ubers if someone needs a ride home. The greenest option is almost always to do the littlest as possible. So um, if you get a, yeah, <laughs> if you get eloped, you go to the courthouse. This is an extremely green wedding that you are, <laughs> you're having, but you're listening to this because you're planning a wedding right. presumably. So, um, the, you know, know that, that it would be the greenest option if that is the most important thing for you. Um, but when you're looking at just a traditional wedding venue, so whether it's the country club, whether it is your church, whether it is a zoo or a barn or whatever, um, there are some questions that you can ask. So assuming that maybe like all of these things are within your budget, your different venue options, you can ask them some questions to help you determine, you know what, we're not necessarily committed to one or the other, but maybe this, these green factors are going to help us make that decision. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but a lot of times when you book a venue, a lot of times they will have their own caterer that is built in or an approved set of caterers. Um, you should ask if they have flexibility for non-meat-based dishes. Greener than beef would be chicken, but greener than chicken would be something that is plant-based. Right. So you want to ask them what their options are on there. You want to ask them if they use reusable silverware and plates or if they're single-use. And if they're single use, like we asked our caterer, cause we're going to do a food truck. I'm just spoiling my whole wedding for Sarah, I guess. Imagine what it's going to look like. Um, <laughs> I can't uh, yeah, and, uh, we asked because they use disposable and we don't really have the facilities because it's going to be at my dad's store for all of the things to be washed. We wanted to make sure it was paper and not styrofoam because mm -hmm. we do not care for styrofoam. Um, do they have recycling services? Do they have composting services? And things like, can leftovers be donated? So there's a lot of different facets because you're throwing this giant event and the venue, if you're doing one that's a little bit more structured and less do it yourself, they're going to have control over most of these things. You can also ask questions like, where does your power come from? Maybe they're a LEED certified building. There's so many other things that are out there. So think about what's important to you and just ask it during the consultation. And even if it doesn't end up making your decision at the end, putting it into the brain of the person who's trying yes. to sell you the venue could help them start to make decisions towards being green, being like, Hey, I tried to sell a wedding. And when I told them we didn't have recycling, they didn't love that. <laughs> so right. maybe it, it ends up pressuring that facility to start offering different services. So putting it out in the ether. Yeah. I love that. That's a really good point. And that's a good list of questions too. I can imagine that planning a wedding, you have so many things that are up in the air and so many questions and all of that. So this is a really good list for those of you, if you're listening, that you are planning a wedding to make note of and, and write those down. And I think of it like, you know, we talked about in our vacation episode, whenever that was last year to just, even though you're on vacation, you don't want to let all of those things that you normally do just totally slip away. So I think of that in kind of the same way a little bit like this is your wedding right. and that's a big deal and that's the most important thing that doesn't mean you have to let all of these other things go so just thinking about what those little things are that are important to you and and making a note to ask about those yeah I also want to bring up that like this social pressure around weddings is wild like everything mm -hmm. from your immediate family to 
TV shows and the internet and et cetera. I was just talking to one of the girls I work with and she was, we're talking about how expensive wedding dresses were. And she was like, yeah, I I watched say yes to the dress. And they'll be like, oh, my budget's $3,000. And you're like, you know, sitting on the couch being like, nothing you can get with that. And then you, when you think about really what $3,000 is like for the average person, it's mind blowing. I think I saw that that recently they said the average wedding costs like $33,000. Oh my goodness. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure for people throwing the wedding to fit certain aesthetics. Like it's like the, you know, Instagram goals and trying to make sure that you're competing with, I don't know, your friends that got married. Um, Hopefully you can just be conscious that that's an influence on you. And remember that when you're trying to actually determine what you want, Yes, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Amen. (laughs) Do what is like within what you want to do, maybe what your faith tradition is, who you want at your wedding. Like all of these things are important because if you start, you know, my, my parents have been very hands-off, but they've still had the whole, like, well, are you inviting aunt so-and-so are you inviting? And that spirals real fast. So you got to make sure that you've got kind of a clear head about what you want. And hopefully if being green is in that option, you can prioritize that within your, your scope. So when you're planning your wedding, you have to get out invitations and which is like, you think is a much, should be easy, but it's actually like, you have to make sure you have current address of everyone and then figure out how many plus ones it's nonsense. But normally people mail out invitations. Sarah, you received mine. Lovely. Recently. Thank you. I made it on the internet, um, designed our own on Canva. Um, the greenest option would be, again, to not send out any at all. E-cards would probably be the greenest option for you. So if uh, you want to send them out via email, that would be a, a very green option. Yeah. I really, this is an area that I feel like is just held up in tradition a little bit. I feel like people think and even as I'm saying this out loud, maybe I also think that sending emails, an email invitation Feels is tacky. Informal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like tacky and informal. But really, like this is the way that people communicate. And I feel like I wish it were more normalized. At the same time, your invitation is literally hanging on my fridge right now. I can see it. And it makes me happy. It really is pretty. And it makes me happy to see it and excited to see it. So part of me wants this tradition to live on and live strong. I love it. The other part of me is like, why don't we just email? (laughs) So obviously I sent you one. Um, I I put mine in the mail, I think for a couple of reasons. Um, One, not all of my family is like up on, on their game with, with email even myself, mm-hmm. how many emails do I ignore? How many emails do I probably accidentally delete thinking they're spam? Like if I had one that was like weddings.ecard.com, I'd probably be like, that's right. an ad. Yep. <laughs> Get rid of that's it. That's true. So I obviously sent out my own, but I did make some really conscious choices when I did mine. One of the first ones is, is that some people, and this is no shade to anyone doing this stuff. Like this is just something I wanted to avoid for green purposes. Um, we'll do things that are like wrapped in multiple sheets of paper where you're like opening them up and they'll include a return envelope Mm -hmm. and an extra card in there so that you can mail back your RSVP to the person. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of reasons I didn't do that. Sarah, did you see how you're supposed to RSVP for my wedding? I did it already on the internet. There's a website. Um, there are free wedding websites. It's amazing. Let your wedding website do as much as physically possible is my opinion on it, because you can change and update information about the wedding. If something happens, you can leave the itinerary. Like, you know, some people will hand out cards saying like, this is the series of events at what time it's supposed to happen. Just put it on the website. (laughs) You don't have to print out a bunch of cards for it, or you make a single sign instead, but the wedding website helps you do so much. And it's like, has options of where you can book your hotel, local places that you can go to check out. Cause a lot of people will be coming from out of town for us. And, uh, and so I just put on my invitation, RSVP via our website with the URL. And that was both a greener option and also way cheaper than having little envelopes right. with extra stamps that you pay for. And how many weddings have I been to? That I've just been like, I'm really sorry. I lost that. I'm coming yes. like, to the prize. 
almost every time I feel like I've been a guest out of way. Like I'm so bad about doing that. You set the thing down and then you just, you don't think about it. This was so easy. I'm literally holding the invitation in my hand and I can go to the website right then. And it's done in two seconds. Right. Yeah. And it's so much easier for me to like, because I'm a very anxious person, double check to be like, oh no, so-and-so did respond. Oh, I didn't lose that card. The mail didn't lose that card. I'm not too worried about it. Um, I did save out, save the dates. We decided to do that because we planned our wedding over a year in advance. So we wanted to make sure people didn't book their weddings or they're, you know, decide Mm -hmm. to go on vacation during that time. Um, We did those on recycled paper. So that's one of your options is to do things on recycled paper. The other thing we did, Sarah, did you see what our stamp looked like on our invitation? I didn't pay attention. You didn't pay attention? It's your favorite animal. It's the tiger, the save the species. Yeah. It's Dang the it. van. Yeah. It's the save vanishing species, uh, stamp. I'm pretty so. sure I still have the envelope. I'll, I'll make sure to go look at it. <laughs> it's around. It's very cute. Um, so like, you know, you can get regular stamps from the post office. Regular stamps are cheaper. Um, this is one of those things that I was like, I'm not spending money on the two stamps because of the RSVP card. Um, and this is something that's important to me. So there's a stamp called the save vanishing species stamp, and, um, it's got a little Amur tiger on it. It's super cute. And, uh, yes, they, it's, they will also call it the tiger stamp over its lifespan, which I think it was launched in 2011. It has raised about $7 million and it, supports 135 projects in 37 countries and it distributes directly to conservation for things like tigers, just Sarah's favorite animal, great apes, which is my passion, elephants, all sorts of different things. So this is one of those really easy things that compared to the rest of the wedding is like small, tiny dollars and cents that I spent extra on these but can make a difference for conservation, which is really important to me. And Hey, if you're not throwing a wedding, anytime you send out your Christmas cards, this is one of the ways that you can help. So highly recommend those. Um, the next is your fancy dress. So Sarah, you've been in weddings. Did mm-hmm. you have like an assigned dress code? Uh, yes. Like so you, when, you were in like a bridesmaid's dress. Yes. When I've been in, I've <laughs> four times. I've been a bridesmaid. Four times. Okay. <laughs> is that how the saying goes? Um, one of the times the bride made her bridesmaids dresses. Wow. She's amazing. That's um, wild. And then two of the other times they were picked out, like I was given the dress to buy. And then one time I was given, this is the color. You can choose which design like you want, but they, those were all purchased new dresses. Yeah. You can avoid purchasing new dresses. If you've got a specific aesthetic that you're looking for, it is pretty hard to avoid purchasing new dresses because like my bridesmaids are all different sizes and I wanted them to look cohesive enough. They're actually going to be in different style dresses and slightly different colors. And I wanted them to pick something that they felt confident in because I have seen some ugly bridesmaids dresses and like Number one, I want everyone to feel very confident in all those photos. Number two, selfishly, I don't want to be that bride that forced everybody to wear ugly dresses that they hate and never want to see again. (laughs) So they got to pick out the styles and there's options either way. So the greenest option would be to reuse. So if you're a bride who's like, you know, I just want my, my ladies looking fancy or, you know, gentlemen, who's ever wearing these, um, I want them to be generally the same color. There are, uh, secondhand places that you can get the uh, website called Bestet Noir. Um, they do uh, bridesmaids collections made out of dead fabric. So basically the odds and ends from um, fabric rolls that would have been thrown away. Otherwise they make their clothes out of that. A website called Dear Cleo does, if if you are bride planning things, you probably know about Azazi or some of these other bride, online bridesmaids dresses that do custom dresses. Um, Dear Cleo is like one of those, except for all of their fibers are recycled. So there are a lot of options out there for you. And I, I will say too, yes, in, Indy had a fun one retooled boutique, I think was a really fun. I mean, oh, cool. their dresses were beautiful. Like they would post, they were mostly posting bridal dresses, but they posted some for the wedding party as well. And I followed them just because I liked to see them. And also because I enjoy watching Say Yes to the Dress and looking at all of their 
fancy thousand dollar budgets and then going online and finding things I like better for cheap. Again, I'm not planning a wedding. I just enjoyed doing that. But yeah, so you can find some really good things that are reused. I will also say all of the brides that I've been a bridesmaid for were wonderful. So even the ones that were like, this, this is your dress. Like they asked, they would show us, you know, a few options and get people's opinions uh, and, and things like that. They were also all lovely. Like I genuinely loved all of those bridesmaids dresses. And if you have, are, somebody who's in a wedding party I hung on to all of mine I've kept all of mine you can certainly donate them but you cannot you know they have memories attached and stuff like that too but some of mine could be easily altered and worn for other things too they would probably have to be shortened Um, but that's something that you could do too if you've been in a wedding party and have this dress now that you've either purchased or been given and now you don't know what to do with it if you don't want to donate it or Um, give it away. If you want to keep it, you could look at altering it too. Yeah. That's a a great piece of advice, getting it shortened. Also things like uh, thread up, you could always Mm -hmm. sell your bridesmaids dress to thread up, which is a online thrift shop. So that would help Um, for bridal dresses. There's actually a lot of secondhand bridal shops out there. So if you live, especially near some sort of metropolitan area, that option is available to you typically is someplace. And you can normally save lots and lots of money doing that. Here's another hack. If you haven't figured it out yet, people planning their weddings, uh, there are recycle your wedding groups. Yeah. So if you go on Facebook and you just like, are like secondhand wedding, recycle your wedding it will pop up for your area most likely. And there's all these people who are just like, I just threw my wedding. Here's all this stuff. Here's the wildest thing that I see in this group. There are these people who are like, I bought this wedding dress, but then I decided to buy a different wedding dress instead. And so I'm trying to sell this one. (laughs) Someone I'm giving you, you know, half the sticker price. It's only like $1,200. And I'm like, ah, you made a $1,200 mistake. Ah, plan ahead. <laughs> and I'm sure this happened more with COVID because like people's plans changed right. and stuff, but uh, it gives me like, I stress out. I was ranting to Andrew about it. How? <laughs> well, I'm half that way, but I'm also half like, that would probably be me just because I, oh, no. <laughs> I have, I wouldn't actually do it, but Decision. I have like fear of, yeah, yes. I'm indecisive yeah. and fear of missing out. Okay. And, yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> my cousin was that. like, I feel like as the, the person marrying this person, you have some red flags of like making financially irresponsible decisions <laughs> and well, that's true. I wouldn't lack spend- of commitment. <laughs> oh dear. But I'll also stop somebody- outing myself. <laughs> it's fine. So we've established that you're a very honest person. So that, that's a pro in your, <laughs> your corner. Um, but also there's also brides in there who are saying like, I just, you know, here's pictures from my wedding. I just wore it and want someone to be able to rewear it. So there are ones yeah. that you can see um, either in the store or on these online groups, and you can probably get a pretty deep discount for them. You can also go vintage. Um, there's lots of options for you out yeah. there. For the guys, guys are generally lucky because they get more of the rental options. So if you're going super formal, you can rent suits in Texas for the event. And that's pretty green yeah, um, because they're being reused multiple times. It is not cheap is my understanding of it. So one of the things that we are doing is trying to minimize the amount of items that our guys are having to buy new basically. So we're having them wear a particular color pant and then a white shirt. And both of those things should be able to be reused because Andrew has reused lots of things that he's been in other weddings for. We bought them ties and then they just have to have brown shoes. Um, and so for me, like, for example, shoes are not very important. Like I know for, for some weddings, people will require their bridal party to have the same shoe. My bridesmaids are having floor length dresses. So I don't care about their shoes mm-hmm. and the boys. I just don't want someone to like, look at the photo and be like, is that guy wearing white shoes? Like, I just don't want to point <laughs> right. like it'd be distracting Sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. Just fade into the background a little bit in your feet. So, um, the more flexible you can be 
the, you know, less items people actually have to buy new and Andrew has bought shoes for weddings. He's reused them. So I feel like guys get a little bit more multiple uses out of them because sometimes bridesmaids dresses are very specific, but like Sarah said, you can also alter those pieces or find a second life for those as well. So, um, that would be your other option. Be a little bit more creative is just, you know, don't make them buy the whole suit jacket, vest, cummerbund, pocket square, cufflinks, nonsense, like keep it down to a minimum. Um, the other thing that you're buying is wedding rings. So Andrew has put me in charge of that, which like I was, cause he bought our, he bought my engagement ring. Right. So he wanted me to buy that, which I totally understand, but I'm also doing everything else. So <laughs> like <laughs> that's falling Come down. Come on, Andrew. Come on. No, he's, he's doing some things, but genuinely he just doesn't care as much as I do. Right. And that's, I'm the one who wants the effort. So yep. I guess I'm, I'm doing a lot of the planning. Um, lots of options for greener wedding rings. Obviously they're made out of metal. So, um, you have to think about mining processes and things like that. Um, ways that you can be greener, you can buy vintage, um, you can go to the pawn shop. Lots of times mm -hmm. pawn shops have rings. You can use rings that are recycled materials. So there's lots of companies that now just like, that's what they make is reused. You can get companies that have like man-made diamonds. So brilliant earth is yeah, one that's company the one I'm most familiar with. Yeah. They grow their own diamonds. And man-made diamonds are, have 80% fewer emissions and wreak way less environmental havoc, not to mention the social, economic, political issues with precious gem minings in lots of countries um, and the effects that that has. You could also go with non-traditional. So like our old boss, Josh, he had a wood wedding ring. So you don't have to go with something that's just, you know, I know I need a gold wedding ring because that's what my dad had. If you want to do what your dad had, great. But if you, you know, that doesn't matter to you, you have other options out there. I've looked at Etsy, for example, Etsy's got lots of non-traditional wedding rings on there that are going to be less extensive and also less expensive <laughs> than traditional options because they can be very expensive flowers. Sarah, do you have a favorite flower? No, honestly, no. not really. Like, I'm not a big You're not flower, a flower person. person. Yeah. I like flowers. They make me happy. I just don't. I like plants. Disclaimer. I've been around fresh flowers since right. I was like a baby. I have helped make wedding centerpieces. I have set up weddings. <laughs> like I have been involved in this for a long time because my dad's store has a florist in it and I have a decent uh, amount of idea of how wedding flowers work. So here are some options for you out there. So here's a piece of information you, you should know, um, based on what I could find on the internet on the center for biological diversity. They said that 70% of flowers sold in the U S are grown in Colombia. Wow. Yeah. That's a large percentage. <laughs> It's very large. There's, there are absolutely local flowers, but in central and South America, I don't know if there's like other reasons, but the growing season's much longer because it's in the tropical area. So you have to spend less energy heating up the spaces, but imagine they come in on planes. Like they, they fly flowers because once you cut them, they have a very limited shelf life. So then you have to fly them to the U S and that has very high carbon emissions. So just be aware if you're going to be extremely specific and picky about what flowers do you want, the more likely, depending on the season, that they're going to have to be shipped from somewhere very far away. So they're going to have a weirdly large carbon footprint for other elements of your wedding. So the first option, because you have the most control, is you can DIY your wedding. You can do it yourself. You can find recycled vases, again, those recycled wedding um, groups, but also like Goodwill, we just went to um, the Habitat for Humanity Restore, and they have all sorts of jars and things like that. You can go kind of rustic and, and put your centerpieces together th that way. One of the big things to avoid is floral foam. Sarah, are you familiar with floral foam? Uh, yes, I've done a flower arranging class one oh, time. Really? Yeah, just once um, with work. It was fun. But yes, it's like, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it other than foamy, but it's like this usually green. It's very Brick. fun to oh, like yes. stick. Oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah. I love sticking my finger You can like cut it, in it and shape it. Yeah, you can yes. push it in but you can stick your stems in it and it, so it'll hold the flowers in whatever, you know, you can right. stick some further in or not as far in to change the height and change the angle that they're sitting in. 
Yeah. And you can soak it in water so that those flowers also last longer too. So unfortunately, what I recently found out is floral foam is basically a bunch of microplastics shoved awesome. together. Yeah. By which I mean, you not love. at all. <laughs> so the very fun floral foam is not great for the environment. Don't so use it. try to avoid using it. It is not mandatory. There are certain pieces that if you ask to be created, it kind of is mandatory. Um, especially if they're going to like last a certain amount of time. But if you're like looking to put something in a vase, you don't need floral foam. It's more of those like kind of artsy things like you t- we're talking about different angles that flowers wouldn't naturally sit well. There's some alternatives like you can use basically like chicken wire that's shaped to help keep the shape of those things. But the more kind of intricate you go, the more likely that there's going to be foam involved. And then choose flowers that are in season. So you could always harvest um, from a local area. There are local flower farms you could buy your stuff from. And so if you go the DIY route, you have a little bit more control over each little individual element. Just to throw it out there, I'm assuming that the answer to this is that it's worse just because of the materials, but people will do artificial flowers as well, at least like for their bouquets, because I have, I have one of my bridesmaid bouquets still that was artificial flowers. I'm going to assume that those are mostly plastic. And so it's probably not going to be the best choice unless maybe you're flying your flowers in from Colombia. Yeah, I I would say though. Okay. So a couple things, there's different types of artificial flowers. There are wood artificial flowers. Mm -hmm. I don't know as much about them because people don't use them as often, but I would assume that that would be much greener than the plastic option. There are also dried flowers. So they're real Mm -hmm. flowers, but they're dried so that they last a long time. Um, So that would be another option if you're looking for something that lasts longer. Silk flowers are typically plastic. They're typically manufactured overseas. They're not getting flown in. So there's at least that, but I personally don't like the look of like, they they've gotten really good with silk flowers. I just don't really like the look of them. And for me, I know for my wedding, I will have no use for any of those flowers in my home. Yeah. I don't know of people that have done the whole, like done everything artificial, but I know sometimes the, just the bouquets like the bridesmaid bouquets have done an artificial but what it sounds like we're saying is that there's probably not any environmental benefit for sure right and might be worse I, yeah. depending it, so well I and it's one to, of those things mention it yeah it's one of those things again where maybe the carbon emissions are lower but you know it's if it ends up being plastic it's end You're of life has no plan yeah. yeah so whereas like regular flowers you might have the option to compost them so there's at least that there's still plants. So if you, you do go to a local florist, you should talk to them about what your options are. Like ask what flowers are in season. They're typically going to be cheaper. Let's see. This is also a nice little hack. Lots of these things also end up being cheaper, but you know, you're going to be a little bit more limited if you're like, but I really need them in like a Merlot color. Like it's just going to be more difficult if you get more specific. Um, not to say it can't happen, but you should ask. And you can ask if they source any flowers from local farms or CSAs, so the community farming programs. Um, you can also ask like what sustainability standards their suppliers use. They might not know, like it's just not necessarily high on a florist's radar. Um, but you could also Google like a sustainable florist near you. Flexibility is just part of the key. One of the ways that you can help reduce your carbon footprint uh, is to use some live plants. You could use the, I mean, house plants, just regular bushes and things. We're going to use some live plants. My dad owns a garden center, so it's really easy to just, (laughs) you know, add in some more substantial decor so that they don't have to make like a giant flower, the pillar, we're just put a like evergreen in a pot there. And it's going to fill up some space. That's going to look nice. It's going to feel natural. Um, and it can then be reused. So sometimes they'll let you rent things like that, or maybe like, Hey, you've got a tree at your wedding and then you plant it at your new house. And that's like, you know, more meaningful for you. Um, I think two of our friends did that where they took, Oh, so cute. Took dirt from their childhood homes and they combined them together into a, a pot and they planted the new tree symbolizing love their so love. Oh, I cry every time. Oh, so, um, <laughs> so anyway, live, live plants this, but that's also a way you can work in nature. Like, man, I was balling. <laughs> so yes, flowers, absolutely a weirdly 
large part of the carbon footprint potential of your wedding. Um, also just along those lines, decor. So you're talking about like signs saying like, this is where the gifts go. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of times like you'll have frames or things like that you need. That's another thing that you should try and reuse best you can. You can share them. My cousin's getting married. We're trying to strategize on how to just get some decor that we can share between our two weddings. You can recycle them. Um, you want to avoid single use plastics. That's kind of a good rule as well uh, for life. So glitter is plastic, unfortunately. Confetti is often plastic. So unless you get specifically biodegradable stuff, it is bad for the environment. Don't do it. Don't do it. Although apparently you can throw rice and it's not going to make the bird's stomachs explode. It, it will not make the bird's stomachs explode. But it's probably still not your most environmental choice. No. And if you do it outside, you really want to like check to see what the people's policy yes. is because you have to remember anything that you have at your wedding then is possibly going to end up yes. in the local streams or whatever. Yes. I've seen people do like leaf, like use leaves or like even do yes. like little like whole, whole punch real leaves to make. That is Nature all over confetti. Pinterest. Yeah, that's. I don't know who has time for right? that. I don't know either. <laughs> Who's whole punching leaves? I don't know. I don't know. Every time I see it, I'm like, this. Uh, what the effort involved? Maybe you have a very small wedding. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. So that's a cute option. Theoretically, I've seen these pictures, but I, I, my hand would break. <laughs> rip, rip, up, rip them up. Just make rip them up. Pieces. Yeah. Throw actual leaves, right? Like it's yep. fall. Yep. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> All right. Um, so you are basically gathering a lot of people into one space. One of the things I missed earlier in here is that if you are from, um, maybe you're from Pennsylvania, like I am, but you currently live in California and all of your family lives in Pennsylvania. All your future spouse's family lives on the East coast too. It would be much more environmentally friendly, much more of a pain in the butt. And I totally get that, but to throw it on the East coast rather than in California, because people are going to have to get on planes. People are getting on planes for my wedding. People are, are driving to our wedding. There was no centralized location for ours. So we didn't really have a lot of options for that. Uh, But the other big part of that, other than the travel is that you're then feeding all of those people. Yeah. So if your venue has, is in charge of the catering, you're going to ask that vegetarian or reduced meat option is a vegetarian based meal, um, can reduce your carbon emissions by 75% compared to a meat-based meal. If you go vegan, which may more power to you, it's like 90% carbon emission reduction for us. What we're doing is a pizza food truck because pizza is my favorite food and we didn't have catering services. So we wanted to do something like that. And I will actually tell you, so we, I was like, okay, food truck would be great. Cause it'll be self-contained. We went on a website that you're supposed to look up food trucks and they were like, okay, well, what we can do is you type in your information, what you need, and then you have to pay a fee because all of these people are going to be sending you bids and we don't want it to be you know, nothing is worse than someone calling and constantly asking questions about what your pricing is and then never coming back. Like it takes a lot of work to do those things. I work in retail. I understand, but we paid $25 and we basically said, like we set a certain budget. And then we said that our only pickiness, basically only, only selectiveness is we wanted something that had a vegetarian option. And we submitted it to this thing that supposedly had hundreds of food trucks looking at it. We got one response. And it was a barbecue place. They didn't have significant vegetarian options. Wow. So I don't recommend that, that situation, but it is something that like you have to actively seek out. Like barbecue was going to be a very inexpensive option for, you know, feeding a lot of people, but also like that was the most meat heavy possible route that we could go. It's like bread and meat is what barbecue (laughs) is. So, and we, we have lots of friends who are vegetarian. We want to make sure we're respectful of them, right. but just for me, who's not strictly a vegetarian and trying to cut down meat, like to throw the biggest party I will ever throw in my whole life and have it be like meat-based yeah. felt antithetical to who I right. am. That's understandable. Like you were saying, like it's your wedding, but also you're not, you shouldn't be taking a vacation from who you are as a person. I feel right. like this is something that is important to you. And I feel right. like it's nice for that to be reflected in your wedding, even though it can make things harder. (laughs) It can make things a little harder. Yeah. And I mean, like, Hey, I've got lots of relatives 
who, you know, would be like, where's the meat pizza gives you an out because right. there's meat options and there's lots of non-meat options. And so I feel like hopefully, and if you're listening and you're coming to our wedding, you don't like pizza. Listen, there's lots of other options too. <laughs> this is, this is just a taste of what you're getting. You don't have to eat beforehand. We're going to be fine. But, um, but this is one of the ways we were avoiding it. I was just about to tell you, don't worry about it. If anybody's listening, that's going to complain about pizza. Literally. It doesn't matter. I love pizza. I do know someone who is hopefully coming, who doesn't really care for pizza. We're also doing basically because you're also doing a cocktail hour. So that's often part of it too. And so one of the things that we're doing is that's another place where you can cut down on meat. We're doing an option where there's going to be lots of like fruits and veggies and crackers Mm -hmm. and cheeses and things like that. So trying to keep it down low. And for that, we're going to have hopefully like little bamboo plates and things like that. So it feels slightly more classy than like a paper situation. So you have options out there. Um, If you have a a venue that's taking care of it, then it's going to be more limited. But I feel like most venues nowadays are much more open to a vegetarian or at least a lower meat option than maybe 20 years ago, you had a lot less of those options. Like there's much more places that are like, we have gluten-free options. We have vegetarian options because that's just a growing lifestyle choice. So important things. Uh, The last thing that I wanted to talk about is your guest gift. Sarah, have you like, what are some of the cool take-home gifts you've gotten at weddings? You're shrugging. I don't remember most of them. (laughs) Honestly, I really don't. One of them was they had little like fake candle tea lights in glass jars. Mm -hmm. And they were, I think the the jars they had just done, they had done glass and they put lace around it and had a little tag with their initials on it. Super cute. I still have the glass, the little plastic tea light died a long time ago, Um, but I do have the glass and that is nice. And I can reuse that as decor. Um, my favorite one, I think honestly was just another thing that they had DIY'd little bookmarks and they had, so they had like a his and hers of their like top 10 favorite books for each of them. And then it was like the top 10 things that like she was a runner. So it was like top 10 things that he thought about running before he met her or whatever. And then they had a top 10 for, that was so cute. cute. And their bookmarks. So like, I'm going to use them. You you know, they just were like laminated sheets of paper that they had done themselves. But I really liked that. I still have them somewhere again in the moves they've, they've shuffled around, but I do still have those. But honestly, most of the time, I don't remember what the little gift is. And I feel like that is okay. So speaking as the wedding guest representative here, don't stress out about it would be my, my, my top tip. Don't worry about it. We're not here for the gift. We're here for you. And we just, we do, it's, it's nice because I am a emotional person. I like to have things to remember people and events by. So I do understand the gift from that standpoint but you know I do feel like most of the time they're just little wasteful things so just remember we're not here for the gift we're here to celebrate you I agree and also on like lots of those brides lists that they're like "Mm, top 10 things you won't regret not doing for your wedding like wedding gifts for the guests are almost always on that list and I think like what you said you're like I don't remember very much I think a lot of times people just don't remember I have a very good memory Um, (laughs) that's just a thing about me. Some cool things that I've had is we had friends whose dad had a apiary. And so all the guests got little jars of honey from her dad's apiary. And very usable, very usable, very personal and like personal to who they are and usable. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, very memorable. I forgot the one wedding I wasn't is my aunt and uncles when I was like, you know, eight years old (laughs) and they gave out like glasses, like a, like a pint glass size sort of glass with the etched, like, you know, Dan and Diane Dennis on this day. And, uh, and we still have those in our houses. Like that's drinkware. My friend, Michelle got married. She did little stemless wine glasses. Love it. Perfect. Usable. Exactly. We've had friends um, who've done dog treats or reusable straws, seed bombs. There are so many options. Like you can make them very green. I considered doing packets of seeds, like wildflower seeds, Mm -hmm. and you can get like customized. Uh, What I was going to do is I was going to get a stamp 
and they have ones that you can buy that are like little seed packets with like a heart on them. And then we were just going to stamp like our wedding (laughs) date Mm -hmm. on them. Um, I didn't end up doing that for two reasons. One seeds aren't specific to certain areas. And so, oh, I guess three reasons Two, I wasn't sure everyone would use them. And it felt like a waste of things for something that people weren't all going to use. And three, I realized I had to buy something anyway, that the guests were all going to have to use at the wedding. And I decided that was the take home. And that is a reusable, it's like a Mason jar with a handle on it that people will use for their drinks at the wedding and then they can take it home. Yeah. So we didn't get it engraved. We got it from like Webstaurant. And so it was affordable. It was something we needed anyway. And it was something people could use afterwards. Yep. So I feel pretty well, good about that. Like, I just don't think that you need to buy it. Like same thing with welcome baskets. That's so kind of you, but also like who's coming for the welcome basket again, unless it's super useful, it's more likely another environmental impact for your wedding. So just something that you can avoid. I guess I said that was the last thing. It's not the last thing. Um, also, <laughs> For your wedding website on your registry. That's the other thing I didn't write a lot about. You've got a registry. Um, I feel like these days, a lot of couples already live together before the wedding. So I have a chip on my shoulder about bridal showers, for example, because I feel like when they first started, everybody lived in their own hometown. You had basically like the women of your community would come with the bride and give her all the items to set up her new home. And I feel like for most of us, like I've moved. So a lot of the women who are important in my life aren't necessarily nearby. I'm already getting wedding presents through the registry and we live together. And I'm not saying they're not important. Like my mom's throwing me a bridal shower. I'm I'm very grateful for all of that. She has had to deal with me being stressed out about like social convention and me not liking to be the center of attention all the time. But they don't basically what I'm saying is that like the original purpose that they served is more flexible now. So Sarah, have you ever seen like registries with honeymoon funds and things like that? Yeah. Honeymoon funds, new house repair funds. That's, that's an option for you out there. The gifts that you put on there, make them usable, make them long lasting, make them, uh, you can do things from companies that are more green. You can do charity donations through a lot of these websites. So you can pick a place and say, actually, we are all set. Maybe you're in that place in life where you're like, thank you so much for thinking about us. Especially I I know for people who are throwing maybe their second wedding, they're less invested in like the gift element of it. Maybe you're not as much starting out in life so much as like, you know, starting a new chapter of your life. And in that case, maybe you list a conservation organization or some place where the money can go that it will go to good use. Yeah. I, and a lot of this, if you've listened to our greenery gift episode. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but again, (laughs) that we did over the holiday season. I think, you know, thinking about some of those tips for the couple when they're putting together their registry, and then also for the guest, when you're thinking about what to buy to is, you know, look at what they've put on the registry and what they need. I think, you know, just enjoy your bridal shower. I mean, cause I just, I think you'll, you all just bought a new house, you know, even if yes. you have, I do agree that, you know, especially for folks that have, you know, you're, you're not just coming from your parents' house. You've lived out on your own. So you've collected stuff, but man, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm bitter that there's no such thing as a single person's shower because there is stuff that, you know, like there's stuff that yeah. I would find really useful that just is, is a lot. And they're not things that you're going to buy for yourself every day, but they can be really useful. So, um, don't feel bad about it. Enjoy it. But yeah, you know, you have about to ha- what throw a housewarming. <laughs> you have to throw a housewarming <laughs> and then people can bring yeah. you stuff, but yeah, things you need. So like, for example, if you're like, wow, I really like for Andrew and I, there's some really nice reusable containers that we would like to use, but mm-hmm. would never buy for ourselves because it's more expensive than we normally would budget. Yeah. Right. So we're throwing those on the list. We're trying to get more like glass containers. Um, we really want to have a big container, um, sugar and flour so we can buy more in bulk for things. And those are one of the things we have on our list, things that we would normally wouldn't buy for ourselves. So, um, there's so many options out there. So don't just, uh, stick to tradition. Um, you've got options. I'm definitely somebody who, I guess my biggest stressor for this wedding is trying not to put additional burdens on people I like. 
And I know that they're going to come out and celebrate us, but a lot of them are traveling from out of state. And so like, it stresses me out to think that like people are spending money that they don't have, or, you know, going way out of their way. And I'm sure anyone who's coming to the wedding is like, Casey, why are you worrying about this? But I do, that's just who I am as a person. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, there are ways to tailor this to yourself. So there is a website called again, endangered species condoms.com that has a wedding, um, calculator for the footprint of like your carbon footprint of your, uh, wedding. I don't recommend using it. <laughs> listen, at the end of the Noted. day, at the end of the day, we've already covered the principles, which is less meat, less people, um, traveling less distance are going to be big things that you can reduce your carbon footprint. There's no way that that calculator can calculate, like actually capture all of the information from the entirety of the event. And it's just going to make you feel bad because you know, these principles, if you adhere to these principles, you are going to help reduce the carbon footprint from what it maybe originally was. If you're switching from beef to chicken, boom, that goes down a Mm -hmm. little bit more. If you just want to see like, oh, I don't know, dad really wants us to have steak and potatoes at this wedding, but we're doing a chicken entree and I'm able to show, see for 150 people, we've saved this much of admissions. Sure, for fun that way, but it's not gonna actually give you an actual actual calculation for your particular wedding. And it just made me sad. So we're pro-joy here. Pro-joy, great tip. And I feel like you covered so many different areas there and there are lots of, options that people have within those areas. And we joked about it at the beginning being called the little greener, not the greenest ever, (laughs) but I feel like that's really true. And that is the way that you have to approach something like this. I I like to think about being more sustainable as one of the lenses through which Mm -hmm. you're viewing the world. So, um, if you decide that that's the only lens through which you're going to view the world is like, how sustainable is this choice that I'm making? again, do nothing ever. Right. (laughs) Like sit, I don't know. And sometimes that's, is the best option, but on the other hand, you almost none of us are going to live our life that way. Right. And I, so yeah, I think if being sustainable is one part of you, then yes, you look at your wedding through that sustainability lens, but also like my family is really important to me. How am I going to reflect, you know, having my family here, you know, so you and your significant other, you know, have to figure out where the balance is with sustainability and all of these other things that you want to be part of your wedding. Yeah. For us, we, we made a lot of friends when we lived in Indiana and now we don't live near them and we want them to be part of our wedding because that is, you know, who knew us as Mm -hmm. we got together, they're important parts of our lives. We want to invite them. It's going to make the wedding bigger. It's going to mean people are traveling. It's important. Our budget is only so big, so I can't invest in maybe some other options. If I wanted to go to like a carbon neutral destination nearby. Like we just don't have the extra money to throw at that. So it's about making those decisions, weighing it against all your priorities, like Sarah said, and again, trying not to live up to a standard that you're seeing on TV, on the internet about what a wedding has to be. It's about you and what you want. Genuinely, if you want to get eloped, just get eloped. That's almost like, you know, you have to consider your family, but at the end of the day, it's about you. It's your wedding. So make it you. And if being green's part of you, make it part of your wedding. Love it. All right. Thanks, Casey. We have to wrap it up now so that I can go to your registry and figure out what. <laughs> got time. You got time. Okay. And we'll be right back. conclusion of our episode. It's been a long one. Thanks for hanging in there guys. Um, for this week, you know, most of you probably aren't planning a wedding. If you are, I really want to encourage you to, to start to go through that checklist because you probably have a bunch of vendors on your list. You probably have a bunch of different options going on to start to look at where maybe you can chip away at a little bit of those environmental impacts. If you are not planning a wedding, which is (laughs) 99.9% of you, um, you, I would encourage you for the next one that you're invited to, to try and reuse an outfit. That's, I think the, 
the best because that's the biggest thing I think we invest in when we're going to a wedding. I always feel like I went to a bunch of weddings with all the same people. I got to buy something new. You don't have to buy something new. You can reuse something you have. You can get something from a thrift shop. Um, you don't have to have something brand new made for this event that you might not use again. So um, that is my homework, which may or may not come up in the next week. <laughs> probably not going to come over the next week for me, but it will come up obviously. Yeah. I think yeah. that's uh, a good thing to think about. I feel like I had something else in my brain and it just, it just went away. It came back. It's here. Uh, yes. Also share with us if you've been to a wedding or if you had a wedding and you had, there was some kind of thing that was eco-friendly that you thought was really cool. You can also share that with us, send it to us or post it. Cause again, we love Weddings make us cry. Share with us your favorite sustainable wedding moments that you've had. Yeah. Sarah, where can the good people find us to share their stories? They can find us on Facebook. We're a little greener podcast. They can find us on Instagram at a little greener pod. They can find us on Twitter at a greener podcast. And you can send us an email at a little greener podcast at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you. Send us your stories and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.